If you're having trouble with your boobs and your belly and your thighs and your arms and ready-made clothing has lost its charms, join the group and listen to the cast about making clothes that fit and last self-sewn. Welcome to the Self-Sewn Wardrobe video and podcast. And uh, this podcast and video were originally recorded through Facebook Live. And if you want to see the original recordings or ask questions live, um, join the Self-Sewn Wardrobe group on Facebook. And I will be happy to answer your questions there, give feedback. Today, we're going to talk about finding time to sew and double standards about ready-to-wear versus self-sewn clothing. So uh, yesterday, Jen asked in the group, how do you all find time to sew? How do you carve out time to sew, et cetera, et cetera? And a lot of people answered with varying techniques and comments about their sewing habits. And so um, it was really interesting to read. A lot of the comments had to do with children and being able to sew when your children are around or not. Um, <laughs> and I thought that that was really interesting. I will go ahead and share um, a little bit about how I find time to sew. And I think people might perhaps uh, find it interesting that even though I run a sewing store, it is difficult for me to find time to sew for myself. I am in here helping customers, uh, making videos, making samples, etc. Not making as many samples as I would like, um, but I'd like to be sewing some more. But sometimes it can be difficult for me to find the time to actually sew something. I have uh, my Kelly Anorak pattern printed out, ready to go. Um, well, not quite ready to go because it's not all taped together because I thought I'd brought it all home to tape it together. Turns out I left half of it here at the store. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm trying to split some of my creative time between work and between uh, home. And that can be difficult. Uh, Mom and I do have a place to sew at home, a, a space that's dedicated to it. And we do recommend that. Of course, um, if you do have some space or the ability to have a sewing machine set up all the time, that can make a huge difference, uh, not having to get the sewing machine out every time. It's not possible for everyone at every point in their life, but it is uh, something that can help a lot so that you don't have to you know, go through all that. Gathering your materials, pre-washing your fabric is something that a lot of people say they can find time to do throughout the week. Bobby mentioned that she'll pre-wash fabric throughout the week and then try to carve out time to sew on the weekend for maybe four or five hours. And she mentioned, you know, or, or I can't remember if it was Bobby, but a few people mentioned, they're like, oh, well, you know, if my husband's out of town, I might get more uh, sewing done or my you know, children are gone or whatever. And I can definitely relate to that. At this point, I cannot like just have my little 18 month old up in the sewing room and just not watch her, you know, um, <laughs> with, with all of the very sharp things around. Uh, so I uh, do, I do understand that. And I think that it can be really difficult to carve out sewing time. But just so you know, even myself, who whose job is to do these things, I can even have a hard time trying to find time to sew, even though I am surrounded by some of the 
very high-end technology. I've got fabric at my fingertips, etc. You know, since this is a job for me, I have to serve uh, my customers. So anyway, just a little, I'm showing a little solidarity. Um, <laughs> Sandy says about the dedicated sewing space, it's glorious. My husband still calls it the office. But it's totally the sewing room. And Karen says, we need to make an appointment with ourselves and mark it in our calendar. And I totally agree with that. I think that it is very important to, you know, if you're like, well, I want to I wanna sew this thing, this pair of jeans, this shirt. If it's possible for you to break it down into pre-wash the fabric, prep the fabric, um, Fred shared her um, uh, sewing process, what she has to go through before she sews every time. And if you can see, I can get this one done in an evening and I'll do this one weekend, this another weekend, um, then that can be really good. And that kind of relates to my idea for the self-sewn wardrobe planner. It's a dream of mine to publish this and I really, really want to. Um, so anyway, uh, that, that's kind of off topic. The other thing I want to talk about today is double standards between ready-to-wear clothing and self-sewn clothing. Um, in particular, when we make a garment for ourselves, I think that we are extra hard on ourselves and hard on ourselves in the way the garment looks, in the way the garment fits, much harder than we are than when we go to the store and put the clothing on. And um, I think it was Amy that posted a picture of a button-up shirt she's making with princess seams. And Amy, it's looking really good. Um, and she was having fitting issues. And somebody said, you know, when you use the original pattern and you don't make any alterations to the original pattern, oftentimes you can come up against many of the fit problems that you see in ready-to-wear. And I was like, yeah, that's, you know, that's a really good point that you're going to see a lot of those fit problems. And so a lot of people were suggesting certain things, uh, you know, how you can change it, da-da-da-da-da. But I do know, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm very, I was very congratulatory to Amy um, about her self-sewn shirt and the attempt to do such an advanced project, and I don't think she's been sewing very long. Um, I do think that there are people, though, Amy, buying shirts and wearing them that fit like that. And I know that that's why we're sewing, in order to get the better fit, but... Um, you know, so when you're experimenting with that, don't get discouraged. That's part of the journey. And when you try on that shirt that doesn't fit that you made, you are then going to be able to identify the pattern alterations that you need to make, hopefully make them, and then you can have your shirt pattern forever and take that time to sew it when you, you know, schedule it in. And the first muslin, that first garment can be really hard. It can be really frustrating when it doesn't fit right away. But I think it's important, you know, not to get discouraged when it doesn't fit at first, because if you're having the same trouble when you go to the store, you're going to see that in patterns as well. Um, and that's why we're working on sort of taking you from some very basic pattern drafting with the Easy Tea class up to more advanced pattern drafting uh, 
or at least just the ability to measure yourself and see what that can look like when you put it down on paper. Uh, the other thing, I, I had a customer who made a, oh, I should have gotten the fabric out. We still have it here. She made a cardigan out of this knit that has these like ribbon stripes on it. And they're all wavy and, you know, they're not symmetrical, et cetera, et cetera. And she made this cardigan and it looked so great on her. We altered it a little bit for her narrow shoulders and then flared it out so it would um, skim nicely over her hips. And she said, oh, I didn't match the stripes. And I, I, I said to her, and I know this woman really well, I, I said, Dixie. And I went, like, kind of like that. You know, I, like, I was pretending to, like, slap some sense into her. I was like, Dixie, you can't match the stripes on this fabric, first of all. And I think you're being too hard on yourself. Said, first of all, people don't match stripes, you know, in, in ready-to-wear clothing. Barely ever. And also, I feel like she was just looking for something and, and saying a critique that she's gotten before or that she, that she knows that she can make about uh, self-sewn clothing. And I was like, no, you need to not be so hard on yourself. You need to take this as a win. You know, this cardigan, it fit her well. Um, and, you know, that little matching of the stripe was not a big deal. And I feel like I've seen people in clothing that they buy from the store, and it's like pulling around their belly or the sleeve, you know, the sleeve cap starts down here and, uh, you know, on in the middle of their arm instead of up at their shoulder. And they're just wearing it without a second thought. But then when they make something for themselves and there's just a slight little, you know, something that's off, they are extremely critical of it, almost to the point of not wearing, like, a perfectly good garment just because they think that something's a little bit off and I sewed it and it should have been perfect. Well, got news for you. Nothing that you make is ever going to be perfect, perfect. It might even have a little fit issue to it, but... If you can wear it and if you're comfortable in it, you know, give it a chance throughout the day. Um, I just made this second pair of ginger jeans and I did a little experiment with the zipper, like shortening it a different way. And I've been wearing them for, you know, about a week now. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to be doing the zipper like that again, you know. And I'm not going to like throw them away or not wear them. They are still wearable. But... I, I really think that we do ourselves a disservice when we are super duper critical of the things that we have sewn and then, but we have such low standards for the ready to wear. So if we're going to spend that time, you know, shopping for the ready to wear and we're willing to compromise there, um, you know, think about the time you've invested in yourself sewing and learning in making that garment and it can be worthwhile. Uh, Nicole says, I totally relate to this. I always pick apart perceived flaws in my handmade garments, but will totally let it slide when my ready-to-wear items have similar imperfections, especially when it comes to pattern matching. Yeah, I mean, I have come across things in the store that, you know, the stripes match, and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And I'm not like a huge stickler about that. I mean, I like my stripes to match. I don't recommend that someone start out, you know, sewing their first garment with stripes to match, you know, because it can be difficult. But, um, I mean, haven't you ever had a, a cardigan that you bought and like two times after you wore it, the button fell off or the, the hem came out or, <laughs> I mean, hello, uh, you know, obviously that garment maybe was not super well made. And I'm not, you know, 
uh, dismissing every single ready-to-wear garment as a piece of, you know, trash or anything like that. But we can be extra hard on ourselves, and I think it's it's totally unnecessary. It can be damaging to your sewing self-esteem and your self-esteem in general, and it can be hard to then, like, get past that to make your next project. So just keep that in mind. Be nice to yourself. Don't, you know, uh, don't overpick at your mistakes. If you don't like something on something that you've sewn and you can go back and fix it, I'd say, you know, write that down on your calendar for amending or a redo day. My first pair of ginger jeans, I didn't like how the top stitching ended up on my back pockets and where I folded over the side of the back pocket, like where the side and the top corner was, um, some of that fabric kept popping up. So one day came in the shop in a pair of other pants and I tore off the back pockets off of my finished ginger jeans with razor blade and I took out all the top stitching and I redid it and I re-sewed them and I wore them. I'm still wearing them, you know, and that's eight or nine months ago. So I uh, just want to share that, that you can go back and fix it and, and make it worthwhile. Julian says, yeah, I am right now criticizing my top stitching for not being perfect, even perfectly even, but I worked hard on it, so I'm proud. So Julian's making a pair of jeans, um, I know from Instagram. And I'll tell you what, Julian, you go look at some other pair of jeans, some pair in your closet, and you will see that there is some uneven top stitching. Uh, you will, when you start to really look at the ready to wear in your closet, you're like, oh my gosh, you know, this mis- mistake got through. But sewing is not, sewing is not printing, you know, sewing, sewing, you know, fabric can shift, et cetera, et cetera. And so I, I, I don't blame, you know, somebody for making a mistake like that. And it is, it is totally possible. Fabric shifts, et cetera, et cetera. So um, anyway, don't, don't be too hard on yourself. Um, Sierra says, I think the difference for me is that it takes me about 45 seconds to buy ready-to-wear versus hours sewing a garment. And ready-to-wear is often much cheaper than all the fabric and notions that go into self-sewn. So every time I wear a self-sewn garment that isn't quite right, I feel really sad about the money wasted. This is a good point, Sierra. And I think that this just brings up the importance of making that test uh, garment or making that muslin so that you can be super happy when you finally have your finished garment or, you know, your multiple finished garments that you can you can wear. So, you know, with uh, the ginger jeans, uh, the Heather from Closet Case Files recommends that you make a muslin that you cut out a pair and you actually baste them together before you actually go and sew them together. And this, I, on the first night of Ginger Jeans class, when I taught at my store, I told people this. I, I did. I did. <laughs> I said, you're going to put these jeans completely together and we're going to put them on. We're going to make pattern alterations and you are going to rip the pens apart after that. And um, everyone acknowledged that they heard that. But um, a few people were like, oh, no, I have to take them completely apart now. I'm like, yeah. And then, but, you know, I, I had pinched, you know, two inches in the back. And if you'd, you know, surged and, and top stitched that seam or flat felled that seam, there'd be, you know, it'd be a lot harder to go back and change that afterwards. So I know that it can, you can sound like a broken record. 
Um, when you keep telling people to make muslins, I'll admit that sometimes I get a little cavalier and I don't make muslins for myself all the time, but I do know the value of them. Also, when you get more experienced, when you're familiar with the way your body's patterns look like, you know, the way they look flat on paper, you can kind of see, uh, you know, if something is going to fit you or you can say, I'm going to sew this right up to the back seam or something like that. And I'll also bring that up with Amy's shirt. And I don't know uh, if mom's watching this or she'll watch this later, but uh, Amy was, you know, having pulling across her back uh, panel in the shirt. It was a, you know, princess seam button up shirt. And she said that everything seemed to be fitting fine before she put the sleeves on. And I was like, oh, well, can you take the sleeves off? And if the sleeves are what's causing the pulling, maybe it could just be a sleeve issue. And then she clarified and said that she had put the sleeves in flat. So the shoulder seams of the shirt were sewn together. Then the sleeve cap was inserted. And then the side seam and the underarm seam were sewn all in one step. So that's not like, you know, wrong to do it like that. And I will a lot of times sew t-shirts like that, knit t-shirts that I know will fit. But I had somebody ask me once, is it wrong to do that, you know, insert it flat and then sew up the side seam method? And it's not wrong, but sometimes you want to do some things in a certain order in order to determine fit. So, Amy, perhaps if you had made this shirt, you know, done the shoulder seams and the side seams before setting the sleeves and you'd put that on, um, you may have been able to note some fit issues at that point and not have had not have gone ahead and put in the sleeves yet. And so that can be a reason that we construct things in a certain manner. Um, the Morris blazer uh, pattern. It, I, I think I can draw a little picture here for my video people, but um, the back of the Morris blazer, has a straight seam just that goes down the back of the garment. Um, and that straight seam there, it doesn't say to put it on a fold. It says to cut it, and it's got seam allowance in it and everything. And so um, I don't know if you'll all be able to see that, but it has a, a very flat uh, flat seam there. And I was thinking, you know, why can't we just cut that on the fold because Sam was making it out of this crazy fabric that we didn't want to have to pattern match, you know. So we kind of went for it, and we just cut it on the fold, and it ended up fitting Sam just fine, and she she filled it out and everything. But that back seam is an integral place where you can fit. You can bring that back seam together to account for narrow shoulders. You could nip it in there at the waist if you also want to do so on the side seams. And if it didn't fit you well and you'd left out that back seam – you could be in trouble. So I'm thinking, Amy, if it's possible for you to undo, you know, your sleeves and your side seam and try that on, uh, try that garment on without sleeves, sometimes that's a reason to construct that way. Now, in the future, when you have your perfectly fitting princess seam button-up shirt, and of course, it's a lot easier to, uh, insert sleeves in that flat manner uh, where, where the side seam is not sewn up yet. If you wish to do that and you know it fits, 
there's not going to be any, you know, sad uh, consequences. So uh, that that has that has something to do with the order of construction. Sierra says, I did muslin. Uh, I did a muslin on my gingers, but a muslin doesn't account for long-term fabric quality. My muslin gave me a great fit, but the denim I used doesn't have great recovery and gets really baggy with wear. There also wound up being something weird with the fly shield, so it pulls to the side and exposes the zipper. Muslins are just no guarantee against the little disappointments that sometimes happen with self-sewn. I agree, Sierra. And that is why I really, I think that Heather at Closet Case Files, actually, she's, she tells you to, like, wear your basted jeans for, like, five hours or something. <laughs> I, I didn't do that. Um, I, I didn't. I did get nice, high-quality denim in the store, and we have it online. I got the Cone Mills denim. And this is where I think the blogging community can be really great because if somebody says, hey, I use this fabric, it's recovered well, it's, it's been, you know, great with long-term wear, that can be nice. But you are, you know, you are, you are taking a little bit of a risk always. Um, and with the fly shield, I've had a lot of people um, make these jeans in class. About 12 people take ginger jeans class. And... I might be able to help you with that, Sierra. So if you ever get a chance to post a picture, uh, I might might be able to help out with that because I had an issue with a with a zipper pulling open like that, and it really didn't have anything to do with fit. Um, but I might be able to help you there. And let's see if we have any more comments that I can read here. Well, I think that might be all for today on the self-sewn wardrobe live video. And then also this uh, will be an episode of our podcast, etc. cetera. Um, Anna says, mixed for me, it is hard to take two little ones shopping. If making a shirt, it probably takes less time to sew one than find something I like in a store. Jeans are about a wash. Plus, I love the feeling of accomplishment when I finish a pair. Well, that's another, you know, thing that we have to take into account when we sew is that, you know, feel good buzz that we get. Um, I do want to share one tip before we leave, and that is we've been doing our closet makeovers, uh, this cr- closet reevaluations uh, on the on the self-sewn wardrobe group this week. And something that I've been planning on doing and that I have done before and I don't have it right now is to keep a pair of little snips or scissors in your closet for when you do buy something if you do buy something and it still has the tags on it sometimes it gets up to my closet but then I don't have a pair of scissors and I don't always you know like then I'm you know putting it on the tag and running downstairs and hoping I remember to cut the tag off blah 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 blah. so this is a little pair of snips and these are actually sewing scissors they're really nice um and I'm gonna do this into the microphone they make a lovely little sound. They're stainless steel. And they're fabulous thread snips, but I'm going to keep one of these in my uh, closet from now on. It's got a little place where you can put a little lanyard on it. Um, and I think I'm just going to 
kind of tie it like onto my closet rod and keep this little pair of scissors. It can also be good for trimming little threads that maybe you missed on some of your self-sewn items. So um, I hope you all enjoyed the live chat. I'm going to go read comments and respond to them, anything that I haven't seen. And I will see you tomorrow at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, thank you so much for watching.